0: 25% off your DNA test kit.
1: Local radio and podcast is an extremely effective way to connect about these plans of the product. There is something about audiences and the connection to hosts that one-to-one conversation is beloved. Mm. Or roll yourself a joint, to sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber.
2: From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber.
0: Welcome back to The Cannamom Mom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry. One canna story at a time. So, Dave, before we begin, I have to give a shout-out to our musical composer, Josh Lampkin. He's turning 24 today.
2: Oh, happy birthday, Josh. All right. Yeah. We'll give him a round of applause. (laughs)
0: They're in Nashville, Virginia, Cincinnati. Chicago. He's been all over the country. You can find him. Josh Lincoln, Wish him a happy birthday. And I want to give a shout out to my new uh, listeners in Greece. I can mm. see where they're listening. I just came back from Greece and I noticed yesterday I have some new listeners. So oh, wow. thank so you. you.
2: That's how you build a podcast audience. Travel the globe. <laughs>
0: it's not the cheapest way to get a listener, you know? but it was the funnest way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Should we should we have a version in Greek? Probably not. I just, yeah, Maybe next season.
0: Next season, Yeah. Okay. And before we get into things, I don't know if you're still following the ongoing imprisonment of Brittany Griner.
2: I noticed there's some continued bad news. Right?
0: Continued bad news. We've been following this from the beginning, but the court, the Russian court upheld her 9-year sentence for two people two vape cartridges that were found in her luggage.
2: Yeah. It's so I mean, she's a political prisoner, right? Yes. But nevertheless, yes. it it's it's just it's like this Kafka esque nightmare, right? Like everybody knows she should be home by now. She should have been home weeks ago. It's very frustrating.
0: So don't let her don't let her get out of our thoughts. I was impressed that everyone carried the story yesterday. It's not really a cannabis story. It's about international issues. But at this time, she's being used as a prisoner, and cannabis is being presented as some sort of so dangerous that she was. I think it was international. Drug dealing. I mean, I don't know what they got her on, but like, was she gonna make a dollar fifty? I mean, seriously, yeah. It's a vape cart. It was a half used vape cartridge.
2: <laughs> yeah. Insane.
0: All right, so that's that. But on a happier note, I wanna give a shout out to Chanel Lindsay. She's a um, fellow Northeastern University School of Law graduate. She was actually one of the first people I'd ever met in law who was in the cannabis industry. She invented the Ardent decarboxylator. Do you remember that? It was like the little purple thing that sits in your desk. It looked like a yeah, um, yeah little one canister. It's adorable. Yeah. 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 She was a great guest. I think she was in season one, but she's come up with another great idea. It's something we don't talk about that much, something that we really need. And she calls her invention the Billow. That's B I L L O W. And she describes it as a way to smoke inside without the smoke or the smell.
2: Oh. This is so, interesting.
0: Right. So that's the biggest issue about everything. like And especially yeah. if you're a cannabis consumer in an apartment building or someplace where you really don't have access to being outside.
2: Yeah.
0: You're traveling and you really don't want to get in trouble or get like the smell, whatever it is. Like there's issues where you can't always smoke inside, but you might need to and there's no point. So she describes this as adding value by getting your getting to enjoy your favorite activity without it bothering anyone else. No more sticking the box fan in the window or sneaking off to the garage or spraying the room and hoping that you don't stink the place up. It's being launched in November. I've already pre-ordered mine because I love supporting my fellow women who are doing great and amazing things. But if you're interested, you can go to whatisbillow.com and I'm looking forward to trying it out and talking about it more. So check it out.
2: Very cool. Especially with the cold weather coming and you you, you might not even want to like crack a window. So.
0: And it's really, it's sort of, it's for joints. It's really like sort of a joint contained space where you actually blow, or they are sucks into like something next to you. So yeah. it's interesting. It looks a little, are those machines you use for sleep apnea? Yeah, of
1: course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a mask.
0: It's a little bit like a mask. but' looks it's like the a mask. mask it's kind of sucking the air back in. You got to see it. So oh, okay. it's. It's a beta version. It's new. But I just think if, you, if you're an early adapter, I never early adapt anything except now in cannabis. I'm out there. I'm going to support her, see how it works. And I'll give you some reviews and hopefully we'll help launch this amazing new business right here in Massachusetts.
2: Very cool. Chanel Lindsay was on the Cannamom show November 12th, 2020, almost two years ago. So yes. you can go back. So, uh,
0: and she honestly was the first. She was on the cover. This is true. She's on the cover of my Northeastern University School of Law magazine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> way, way before my um, epiphany i think our awakening i was like what cannabis law what is, what <laughs> uh,
2: leave it to northeastern always forward thinking
0: true yeah. all right and then one more thing before we introduce today's guest i know it's only october but people you should be thinking about holiday season it's coming up we'll be getting our list soon and i just want to give a shout out to my bud my buddy by budwell i, I know i've talked about these before they're like the perf- perfect little one hitter i have mine that is engraved with the Canama. i know this is like audio. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's engraved with the Canna Mom Show logo on it. You can get your own personalized. You can get them for friends. I just think they're awesome. And um, $35, a personalized gift, lasts forever. It's your buddy. You get to hang with it. So my shout out to Budwell. Hope you start shopping happy. And we'll have like a list soon of all my favorite things because that is one of my things I like to do. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And um, before today's guest is introduced, we just want to look if you're a business out there looking to connect with the Canna Mom Show audience. Please reach out because we have 2023 20, sponsorship opportunities still available. And just moving on. All right. Today's guest, we are going to introduce her right now. She is joining us all the way from the big New York City. She is co-founder of the Cannabis Media Council, a trade organization committed to leveraging the power of mainstream advertising to uplift positive stories about cannabis, just like us, and to normalize consumption so we can market it. She is also the co-founder of Fino, a groundbreaking advertising agency. Today's guest has been empowering businesses to succeed for over 15 years in many different areas, and now she is dedicating her professional life to creating a truly inclusive, equitable, and sustainable cannabis industry. And today, she'll be sharing how. Before venturing into cannabis, today's guest held marketing leadership roles at Akame Technologies, GLSEN and Umbridge Editions. I'm probably doing that wrong. I'll ask her about that in a minute. She is an advocate, speaker, and writer. Please welcome to the Canamom Show, Amy Dennison. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and the Canamoms and the women that are doing amazing things uh, in this space. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Welcome. So you're in New York. It's a big market. It's changing everything. Everything isn't quite buckled down yet. You're sort of moving at the speed of light over there, I'm sure. But can we just start like a little bit where you came from, where your professional life was, and why you've decided that cannabis could utilize some of your talents.
1: Yeah, certainly. Appreciate I appreciate that opportunity to share. And and it's interesting in the cannabis space, uh, that so much of this is still very much a, a personal story. Uh and none of us grew up thinking we were gonna make our way into the cannabis industry. And true so, it's, <laughs> it's, right. And so it's, it's really interesting, the paths we take that, that lead us here. And so I've been a marketer uh, for over 15 years and always drawn to big ideas, uh, drawn to brands and businesses that want to challenge the status quo and, and make a world that we want to experience. Uh, and so whether that was in the arts, whether that was in technology, whether that was advocating uh, with GLSEN. GLSEN is the advocacy organization for K through 12 students that are queer and LGBTQI identified. And so how do we advocate for them to have safe and uplifting educational experiences? So cannabis and I, I've, I've always enjoyed the plant and I've always enjoyed being part of communities that's enjoyed cannabis. But... So, are you, I just, I just, so, so we're kind of starting
0: at your cannabis story. So are you are cannabis. How old are you? Just sort of how, what's your range? What generation are you?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I'm that custom generation uh, right between Gen X and and the millennials. Okay. Uh, and so I, we have a name and I'm blanking on it right now. That's fine. Um, all right. Like... So I'm
0: a, I'm a gen. I'm like beginning of Gen X. We grew up. We had all those belief systems. I didn't know anybody who used cannabis legally and I'm in the East Coast. So that was like, I really didn't see it at all. So were you sort of around it? Did you see it? Was it just part of the part around you? Were you part of the dare? Was that kind of your world?
1: So I I grew up in Iowa and and (laughs) Wisconsin and then went to school, the University of Minnesota uh, in the Twin Cities. And so real heartland kid here, made my way to New York uh, in my young 20s. Thought I was going to be here for a couple of years, uh, but have since made a life here. New York City is is endless and her amazing. So in thinking about, you know, cannabis, and it was always something that I was aware of and would have fun with and enjoyed as, as a probably too young of a person, but also in, you know, college. But the the cannabis story for me really starts beyond having, enjoying this plant when uh, my partner's family member became sick uh, with a terminal illness. When, when was this, Amy? So this was 2008-ish. Um, and you
0: were in New York? Is that where you were when this I happened? I was in
1: New York at the time. Okay. And so having a personal experience with someone who relied on the on the cannabis, relied on the plant towards the end of their life to keep them comfortable, keep them... And then also witnessing having to procure that at the time illegally um, in the state of Minnesota before the medical program uh, came online made a difficult situation and a tragic situation that much more arduous. Mm-hmm. and. Witnessing that experience of one that cannabis is not; just, it can also be used very much so as a wellness and a medicine that is a better alternative to what was being prescribed, but also that uh, that it's it's disproportionately affected people in in trying to procure that plant. And so, as a as a white woman, I'm able to procure that with privilege and relatively and relative ease, honestly, versus people of color who have been disproportionately devastated for, for generations for doing exactly the same thing.
0: That's, I mean, that's, it's a big part of the industry. It's a big part of like, how do we use this industry to change something that's in the roots of our country? I mean, so this is big, this is big. Uh, I mass- so, mass- so at that time when you, who, how did the person who was using it medicinally know how to use it and how did they kind of persuade you or, and show you or, how did you come to understand what they were using it for, like outside of what you had been as a youth instead of just smoking with your friends at a party?
1: And that's the transition, right, that many people make is that we're familiar with this product. We're familiar with the plants. We have access to it. And then our need for it changes mm. or why we use it changes. But it's, it's because it's either word of mouth, we people sharing stories that you should really try this for this ailment. Or you just give it, you know, try yourself and you're experimenting and you're like, wow, this this really worked for me. And so because because there's difficulty marketing and we'll get into all of that. Right. Really, it's the consumers who are suffering and and not knowing in legal states where it's that it it's an incredible alternative potentially, and then also within illegal states that are questioning if they should come online and legalize medical or adult use. We don't have enough. Actual data and research that can that can make the case for legal. And so Although Germany just legalized today. Again, America,
0: for God's sake, for All right. real. All right. So again, this is a, a story I hear often. So my own cannabis awakening is a little bit differently. But the women on the show, almost universally, they have used this plant to heal themselves or heal someone they love, but found it out of desperation and want that to end and want it not to be the thing that people come to as the last resort, because they know they they've experienced it and they want to educate. So that's kind of where you're coming from as well, even though it wasn't personal, personal, it was someone you cared for. So that's that story is very powerful. All right. So let's just fast forward. So you're decide that you're open to this. You're how did you transition from what you were doing before to deciding that you're actually going to go into cannabis in New York, which is huge market.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, certainly. And the experience with my loved one being helped by cannabis medicinally, and then the process of having to procure it was galvanizing to me mm-hmm. because I saw the full spec difficulty, but also deep need. And and the the incredible transformation of going from this is a plant that is you know, certainly enjoyable. And I also, I advocate for adult use as let's have informed consumers that also understand dosing, also understand tolerance and, and all that good stuff as an alternative to enjoying their life, all the way through to the the very real medicinal benefit that, that we've seen many, many patients have. And at this point, it's of course anecdotal and people sharing their stories, but the wanting to be part of not only using my marketing skills, so marketing is my, but also being part of changing people's access, uh, to these products, uh, was, was incredibly, uh, inspiring to me. And I thought that at the time I was working with Glisten, uh, and I was also working in, in, tech, and so completely understood how advertising in particular uh, when I was working with Glisten, uh, they brought me in on the their 25th anniversary to partner with an ad agency to run a multi-million dollar campaign to uplift the messaging respect for all and and safe spaces for these for those youth and seeing the power of advertising both to drive an idea and, and a mission and in a galvanizing cause in addition to the technology that I was, you know, really starting to see come online and get big and change the way that we that we interact online in particular was something that I saw very much coming together as an opportunity for cannabis. Uh, and so, which, which
0: again, it's specialized. Everything about cannabis is weirdly specialized. So all right, so you, you're you gonna take a leap. You decide this is what you're gonna do.
1: Definitely. And yeah. <laughs> and so started to look for opportunities in New York. And so at this at this point, I mean I was joined women grow when, okay yep when women grow was still eight people around a table and Attain it- had yet to be the fir- one of the first round of licenses granted in New York which is incredible mother daughter leadership team right uh, women owned business that's you know, we recently gone through an incredible acquisition and so so proud of their success and what they've built but really the beginning so this is we're talking about like wow what was this? like 2000 14-ish maybe. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, way back. That's yeah. That's like and I say
0: cannabis is like dog years. So good lord, that is a long time ago.
1: Yes. And so started started as an advocate and then moved into a bit of journalism. I worked with the incredible founders of Cannabis Wire. Okay, uh, yeah. and their and their their excellent reporting and journalism. And then the opportunity with Curly opened in New York. And at the time, it was strictly medical in New York, and they were looking for a marketing and sales director uh, to not only open uh, the dispensaries, but also help get products to market. Mm-hmm. And so I was a very early hire at Cureleaf New York and built from, you know, from no CRM to opening new locations to at first wholesaling from the existing registered organizations that are in the within the state as him bringing out all of our products in line for cure Leaf. and then Oh, you're like
0: building the plane as it was flying while you're doing acrobats and doing your nails. Wow, you're in the middle of all of it. That's a yeah. lot. So you must have learned an amazing amount about how complicated this industry is and why you need specialists and everything. Yeah.
1: Yes. And the thing thing that was interesting about that really rapid learning with CureLeaf and especially within, you know, a medical environment is is one, what a deep need, what a deep need these products are. But then also the thing that makes kind of complicated is not that we, we have, is that we don't have the same infrastructure that other And have. And so what was interesting about tech is that you were building something really kind of net new. But with cannabis, we have models of retail. We have models of CPG industries. We just can't work within the same structures. And so we understand how to and we also know we have pharmaceutical models that we can follow. It's just we have to build alongside it or around it or in and through and, and 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 with the the infrastructure that will work with us. Which I think is,
0: I, I think it's a mess, but I also think it's an opportunity to do things differently because you have to do things differently and especially in marketing. So we can just maybe just jump right in there. So there's a lot of restrictions for marketing and cannabis. I don't really understand them all, but I know that they exist. And I actually talk about the podcast, again, kind of going back to old school. Like I'm like a radio, old radio show. I, I I can do some marketing. I can be part of your marketing plan because that is what I'm doing because you can't do a lot of the other things that people think you can do for businesses. So I don't know, um, just, why, just why you're talking about Fino and what's groundbreaking and what you're doing and what you're finding and who's coming to you and everything. Just talk sure. about everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly. And I do, you know, I do absolutely acknowledge that there are quite a few restrictions for marketing. It also is an opportunity to foster creativity. And it's also remind us and it helps us remind us and prioritize of what's really important. And so how do we work within the systems that we have in order to, to connect? And every day, more and more opportunities come online. But to your point, uh, while I was at Cureleaf, one of the, the biggest missing opportunities within the marketing mix that I saw while being there was the paid channel or the advertising channel. Mm-hmm. And the reason why marketers uh, use advertising is that it's the part of the mix that one allows them to scale, to have mass outreach. And it's really about, it's a transactional nature. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's as much as is effective and as a budget you have to spend and are compliant and open channels you can go reach people, many, many, many people. And it's a similar endeavor with public relations, which I think is the, the other thing that you can do as a marketer at scale, except that it's less transaction. You can't pay to play to show up on a certain time and say exactly what you want to say. Right. Um So within PR, the wonderful thing that you have is is being reported or being covered by a trusted reporter and trusted source where they have audiences that believe and and appreciate what they're saying. So do not sleep on public relations. They are absolutely necessary as part of your marketing mix. But I did see a huge open opportunity for advertising. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrapped up my time at Cureleaf, I launched an ad agency, which is focused on cannabinoid brands, businesses, and revolutions, because we still need to legalize. Mm -hmm. And it's specifically focused on a holistic approach of going to market with paid media for these brands. And so paid media can include everything from sponsored content to billboards to looking at some of the interesting digital programmatic work, which is really about targeting audiences versus particular publishers. Mm -hmm. We have more and more publishers coming online to also raise their hand that they want to be on the right of history. And also they see this as a business opportunity to bring in revenue. (laughs)
0: Uh, America, making money used to be our thing. Cannabis makes money. We make jobs and money. (laughs) It's helpful. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so with Fino, it's been a wonderful opportunity to help individual brands and businesses go to market and start to really build out a paid media strategy uh, that accomplishes their goals, their needs. And back to your earlier local radio and podcasts and audio is an extremely effective way to connect about these plants of the prod. One, it, it's been shown to be similar to that word of mouth in that one-to-one conversation mm-hmm. that is inspiring and also fueling the entire cannabis movement and then into the industry. And so, one, I think that that's incredible. But two, there is something you know about audiences and the connection to hosts, whether it's podcasts or local radio, that are beloved. And I do, I do affirm the way that you have to connect with audiences and to talk about this plant is a way that is, is absolutely foundational to moving our, our industry forward.
0: Thank you. And again, I think I have a couple of radio shows out here in Boston, Jim and Marjorie. I believe they're my friends. I've called in a couple of times. I believe it. And it's a voice in your head, usually when you're walking around the house or in the car. So it feels like a, a person who's with you or someone. So I get that. And I'm a mom. And I love the idea that I'm a voice in someone's head and they're listening to me. It's powerful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. But I do think, again, I talk a lot about cannabis as a new industry, although it's part of an old world, but that she's a caregiver. And the hope is that we can do something new in this business, that maybe we can do this so that it creates an industry. That it's it's built in her image of caregiving, of like, again, you know, like I'm a 57-year-old woman and I've been in and out of the world of monetized work. I was a lawyer but there was no structures for me to be able to be a caregiver and to be a professional. And I always felt like I was failing. And I was literally told I could not work at home. And this pandemic has changed a lot of that for a lot of people. So that's an interesting shift, but that we can create an industry that values caregiving and doesn't make you hide it. That is my, really my big dream, which is why I keep supporting the women and the caregivers who are building this industry, who are trying to educate and they're healed. I mean, you must see this too, People who are in this industry—it's very hard. It doesn't make any sense. You can't deduct your business expenses. You can't get money. You're like—it's it, got a lot of complications and a lot of regulations. And if you mess up, they really aren't very nice about it. But they stay in at these women because they're evangelized and they've been healed. And when do you have an industry of healed people?
1: So that's- exactly, it's incredible.
0: <laughs> that's 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 my my soapbox for today. All right, so. So you, who are you coming, Who's coming to you? Like, are you getting New Yorkers? Are you getting people from across the country? Who are you trying to focus on, and who are you trying to, uh, you know, who are you taking on as clients now?
1: Yes. So across the U.S. entirely, okay. and so whether we're, you know, looking to open up for, you, know, we'll start with the, the cannabinoid of CBD, looking to open up direct to consumer e-commerce plays that are that are fantastic and dynamic and differentiated, and in what is relatively saturated market at this point. So see excellent brand building there, and wanting to really focus in one company that I absolutely love that we recently brought on as a pheno client is Respect Wellness. And Respect Wellness is a Santa Fe based brand and it's women led and owned. And they're specifically focusing on C B D for menopause.
0: And oh so- there was a story in the Washington Journal about that this weekend. And I know the woman out here in Massachusetts, um, Dr. Gruber, I saw her speak at an event. So this is a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love talking about this. I always i have a friend who doesn't really—I don't know. She doesn't really believe all this. And I was showing her the article, and she's like, "Is that real?"
1: I'm like, "Yeah. Why don't you believe me?" <laughs> Yes, but this is exactly it, right? Case in point of how we as women talk about these plants and products and say, hey, you're in a need state of menopause and the majority of women, we're going to get there eventually. And so how do we start building these generational stories so that we can share these products? And I think that Respect Wellness is doing a beautiful job and based in Santa Fe. And so as one example, it's it's how do we launch, um, but then also connect with women and it's exciting another another brand just as we talk about cbd for a second and also for the mom i'm so proud to have worked with the company called all better co and all better co is a mom-led and founded brand out of los angeles and it was really based on the needs the need state of cbd infused anti-itch first aid light and so for mosquito bites for bug bites Use the anti-inflammatory properties of CBD to help quell the vicious mosquito bites of that. that that's so that. funny because I just put CBD
0: salves on it all the time. I don't know if it actually worked or not. That's funny. That, yes. <laughs> I mean, and it probably has other things to help, but I, I know it works for inflammation. So that's what I've been trying lately. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And they have such a, it's a, it's a stick, but then also another product that they have that's purely botanical without uh, CBD, but a great administration is it's a patch that goes over the mosquito bites. So when you have uh, younger kids or exactly, so you can't actually scratch it. And so I think that we're starting to see a you know, wonderful innovation and specificity come out with cannabinoids. Uh, well, I like that innovation and specificity. That's true yeah. because we talk about this like
0: personalized medicine, but it's still a little tricky to figure out what your personalization is right. and what are you looking for. And I mean, my favorite product or suppositories, any kind Mm -hmm. of vaginal suppositories, suppository. I'm like, that's such a great delivery system, but they're actually, I think they're a little hard to make and they're a little hard to find. So I think that's a good one for women too. Very personalized that you talk about and it's very specific for cramps.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) With other, other companies that we work with, we have tech that are looking to offer solutions for the supply chain and making it easier. We're working with Education, longtime client, Oaksterdam, uh, Oaksterdam right. University. I love them. Yeah, they're doing great work. Amazing, right? And so when, and so much pivoting happened from in real life to being online, that it was an opportunity for them to really be a thought leader for the world. Uh, oh yeah, the education that they've that they've and that they've uh, created over the years, and so across the gamut. You know, and of course, we have our incredible THC brands and businesses that we're working with. And so really, it's about how do we stay within. The guidelines but when we're talking about the cannabis business um, especially retail dispensaries we are talking about trying to go hyper local at scale all of the businesses are trying to foster foot traffic foster awareness and the targeting that many of these companies are doing are you're going down to like the zip code and like the lab dimensions it's like of, it's like political campaigning for real Mm. For real. Exactly. And so that and then also an interesting client that is speaking of innovation is the Crypto Cannabis Club. I worked with them for a while. And so in addition to cannabis being a new idea, building on top of the blockchain and enabling Web3 as a new way to connect with consumers, that it was the first NFT brand that when you bought an NFT, it enabled a delivery of cannabis to your home in California. And so where there's, where there's banking issues, crypto is the way, right? And so it's, it's been so incredible to watch these and, brands. And no, no one has market. bigger banking issues than cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real.
0: Oh, wow. All right. That's, yeah, I'm the metal for, I don't know, I'm so old school. I'm analog. So you're doing a lot. You're enriching people, trying to help people get rich. Uh, are you focused on like, this is a big issue with the dispensaries, the, the packaging are you involved at in any level of the packaging <laughs> on encouraging people to use recyclable or not completely plastic? Or I know that we should have an entire hemp industry in this country that could be focused on the cannabis industry, but we don't have the infrastructure for the farmers to get their products. I don't know how to fix this. I just know it's a problem. So are you seeing that in New York? Like, what are you hearing or talking about?
1: Packaging is certainly a thing. And the irony of being in this green industry that oftentimes the regulatory requirements of packaging make it anything but that. And not to even mention the regulatory requirements of, you know, indoor grows and all of all of this. We understand that this is something that we need to address systemically within the industry. I would love to shout out some really great packagers that I've worked with. Yeah, so shout out good packages. AE Global is amazing. AE Global is incredible. Uh, they're doing the most work of looking for sustainability and how to be efficient with your packaging. And then also, I think that there's a uh, really fantastic with sustainability happening with uh, Hippo Packaging. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So both are incredible. Um, and I think that they're doing they're and in addition to uh, looking to create uh, sustainable pack, they also make you know, beautiful, beautiful packaging. They do at the end of the day. Especially in a retail environment, your packaging has to connect with consumers and, and, have to, and it has to do shelf talking. And people need to be to open it. That is the other thing. Oh.
0: I, when I was on the Hippo, we had a conversation about this, and they said the way they test it is they put it with old people and kids. And usually the old people just get crazy and can't open it, and the kids break it. So that. <laughs>
1: Yes. And then there's when we start to think about, especially with bags, and if we think about with any type of adjustable edibles, it's like, how, so how do you keep them fresh? So it's like, get it open, but then it needs to be resealable.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. We got a long way to go. All right. Uh, we we got more stuff to talk about. Tell me about the Cannabis Media Council.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for asking. The Cannabis Media Council originated when I was building Pheno and building these pipelines to market and. A dear friend of mine, Joyce Sonali, called me. And Joyce is an incredible leader out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Leader at Big Rock, um, has seeded many incredible companies. I just,
0: I uh, felt whenever I see another Joyce, I'm like, oh, what's she doing? So I have been following her for a while. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and now has also you know, taken the helm of Sonoma Hills Farm, who's doing incredible, beautiful work. And she, she connected with me. And said on the big rock side of investor hat, I see over and over and over again new brands seeking fund to in order to educate the market, to destigmatize, to explain what these cannabinoids are. And I see it over and over and over again. And also the marketing budgets just cannot be that well funded right now because. There's so much within the business that needs to, that needs to take priority just to get to market that we're seeing marketing budgets really hover around like five to 7%. I mean, even MSOs are like 8% of their operating budget, which is well below what we're seeing in retail, which is usually 12 to 15% minimum, sometimes up, depending on the maturity or the footprint, upward to 25%. And then CPG, if we're looking at that, they're, they're uh, really more in the realm of like 15% of the budget. So when you have already underfunded marketing in cannabis with this epic job of having to educate and destigmatize decades of misinformation, how are these brands going to do it? And so exactly. And so, and so Joyce says, Amy, do you think that we could start a national Advertising campaign that that just drives category consideration, and I said my short answer is yes. The longer answer is how do we do this to really to really make the most impact that we can? And so the Cannabis Media Council came about as with the mission to deprogram the war on plants mm-hmm. and to use mainstream media to to accomplish that goal of reaching consumers in order to grow. The addressable market. Everybody in the cannabis operating space has a shared goal of meaning to expand the addressable market, to expand how many consumers will consider these products. Mm-hmm. And so in reaching them, mainstream media is the most effective way to connect with them. And to studies show that consumers are open to hearing more about cannabis And so how do we connect with the publishers and platforms and get them to start opening up their their advertising? So how,
0: how are you doing this? How are you mainstreaming it? How are you normalizing it through culture? Basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the first we wanted to connect with a partner that had a history and was very open about transforming. And so we sought out not only a partner that would be with us and invest in, you know, connecting with the Cannabis Media Council as a nonprofit with in-kind media, but also use their platform to really right the wrongs of the past and do so at scale. And the partner that we launched with is Hearst Media okay. and Hearst being Pink. number four media empire in the world. Also a history of cannabis, knock,
0: n- knock nice to cannabis,
1: right? Yeah, (laughs) and so when we launched, and, and we were proud to include our partners saying that you know we've been wrong about this plan, and at the heart of you know the advertising campaigns that the Cannabis Media Council are developing and producing, and will be launching at the end of this year and then onwards at a at a great cadence is is with that with that intention in mind that it's okay that we've been wrong about this. It's okay that we've been misinformed to an extent, now we have to get it right. And so it's not is, about, is that irony or paradox. What is yeah. that? That is like, <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah, I uh, mean, uh,
0: yeah, again, to have the person who legacy that was part of the prohibition to come around and say, we could be part of the solution. Don't dismiss that. That's powerful. So
1: exactly. And so it's <laughs> the it's the ongoing, you know, it's the conversations that I have every single day on the behalf of Fino, which is really about one brand to many. I now have on, you know, the cannabis media council side, which is a collective conversation about the entire category to these publishers to say, look, like your, your audiences are ready for this. Be on the right side of history. And also, you know, open up this opportunity for your, for your business to, to succeed with advertising. And so the, Council was formed, uh, and we have an incredible board. So excited to have our president, Lulu Sway, who has joined. And has, she is and her partners at On the Revel have done an incredible job of uplifting education and access in the New York market. I so love what they're doing. And then also, so many people that have been on the show. Canamama <laughs> show. I know Annie Davis, yep. uh, also part of the board. And, and so many Very more. impressive. Very impressive young woman. She's yeah. a Harvard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dale Sky Jones. We've also talked about who's the executive chancellor have, of Oaksterdam University, right, right. and yep. many, many more. Um, really going to you know going to market and saying we want to create these advertising campaigns uh, that exactly you know to the point earlier that that counter as, as this is your brain on drugs egg commercial that we grew up with again.
0: That was a very powerful message that all of us little remember. So yes. I just, again, the normalization, I think with the moms, I think that's the powerful part. It's just the idea I talk about transparency and honesty, you know, this idea that we actually don't really know everything, but we do know that the story that they told us was wrong and that we're trying to be transparent now and how we utilize this plant in our family. So we're not hiding in the garage or doing whatever we were doing before. And it just becomes part of the storyline and it's not questioned anymore. Like I have a whole idea for a new genre of like can of chick literature be like can a friendly chiclet. <laughs> I love it. So I'm in I'm at chapter fourteen. When it's done, I'll let you all know. So I just it's again putting it in movies, seeing it around, not being the person who's bad or in trouble or whatever it is they're doing smoking. That's not who the consumers of cannabis are. And to elevate this idea of health and wellness, especially my niche as women my age and older, we were just kind of expected to feel bad or drink or take <laughs> pharmaceuticals. There wasn't another option. And now we know there is. So that's my, that's where I come in. I'm like, it doesn't solve everything, but it has to be an option. And we don't have to feel bad. That's the other thing. We kind of got to the space where like, well, these are our choices. So we just have to live with it. We don't
1: have to live with it.
0: We don't because we're going to normalize it. Everybody, these ladies across the country are building this powerful network to just normalize it, which is part of the story of these women I'm talking to. We're preserving these stories because soon they're going to wonder what all the hoopla was about. And we're going to have the stories. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. And I hope it's really soon. Uh, I hope (laughs) it's to that to that note, too, the Cannabis Media Council. As we look at some of the work that's been done heroically, there it's very serious, and also it can also be very policy-focused. Um, but for us, you know, we wanted to keep it consumer-focused, and we wanted to also keep it lighthearted to uh-huh. an extent. And so with some humor, with me, yep. we'll draw people in in that way. And so... We're excited to, to be launching the first campaign at the end of this year. And our, the creative lead um, on the team is Allison Disney, who is the co-founder of Receptor Brands, award-winning nice. agency out of Illinois. And so excited to share the so, creative. I'm excited. There's like a national campaign that's going to mm-hmm. be out there about <gasps> people
0: here. your first here. All right. We're actually running up on time, but. I like to ask people what's your family? What do they think of you being in this industry? Was there any pushback? Do they just accept it? Have you been able to help people? What's going on with you and your family in cannabis?
1: Yeah, I think that's a <laughs> it's a wonderful question. And I going back to really my in-laws and family being part of the 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 inspiration and the galvanization to to join this industry and the rest of my family I think is is intrigued, um, and they're like, "Well, Amy always loves to push the edge of things, and so it didn't surprise them that that I moved into this category." And I think that as we, as as part of our fam, can share the stories of this plant, and and I have certainly seen adoption within my own family of different forms of of these cannabinoids, and and it's wonderful to see them experience relief or levity, depending on. You know how they're consuming and it's 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 fun to to watch, especially. And on that note, would love to just add a story that I completely independently was traveling to Des Moines, Iowa, where much of my extended family lives and was going to celebrate my cousin. And she had a milestone related to her health and uh, love that she wanted to to celebrate it. But as I was pulling into town, I saw on LinkedIn through friends you know, that then colleagues that I follow that Iowa is having the first ever Iowa you know, reform event for cannabis and like coming together to legalize like literally a 3 minute drive down from my aunt's house which is where I was headed. Was and so of course I like Swerve into the parking lot. And this is all happening in Holiday Inns, utility rooms across the country. And so swerve into the Holiday Inn and was able to connect with the hometown heroes that are making, the, making the, the case for wellness and expansion within Iowa, not only for cannabis, but also for industrial hemp and the opportunity to have an agricultural conversation there. And so glad to uplift the work that they're doing. And and so on the way to seeing family reunion swerved by to help fellow Iowans advocate for legal cannabis and the hemp.
0: I mean, we could talk about this forever. I was just on a webinar about hemp for helping to rebuild Ukraine. I mean, unfortunately, what's been happening there. But this is an opportunity to create a new industry there, really. So mm-hmm. and Ukrainian civil service, civil engineers are talking about this. So. There's a lot of potential, but we gotta go. We can't talk about everything all right. um I do want to talk a little bit about New York, but I'm running out of time all right, Amy uh what are you doing next? Where can people find you if they want to connect with you, you what is it the best way to you know reach you and what's coming up for you?
1: Yes, please I my name is Amy Dennison, and you can find me uh, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we also look at the Cannabis Media Council. We welcome people to join us. Um, and also, it's one of the few things in cannabis that is a tax-deductible donation through our fiscal sponsor of SEMA. So we welcome your donations to to further these campaigns. And so I welcome you to please you know, reach out to me, LinkedIn, obviously. Thank you, LinkedIn, for being the only social media platform entirely open to cannabis. Where
0: I get everything. LinkedIn. I'm just I'm there all the time.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. just as one note for for New York, my favorite brand right now that's doing uh, glamorous and gorgeous work that I'm thrilled to work with is House of Puff. Love the House of Puff. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I I, I would have my own line.
0: I would have the Canna Mom show line like with crystal trays. And I just think that is. Yeah, it's me.
1: Yes. And as <laughs> we the holiday season, like put some House of Puff glam into your life elevate, enjoy. I love this. We were talking about hemp, a hemp wick uh, oh, yeah. for lighting so that you're not inhaling all the ish. So you're my buddy.
0: You got your my buddy. You got your little hemp wick. You got your Chanel's billow. You won't be making smoke. We are going to set you up here, people. You don't even need to look. Anywhere further? <laughs> all right. Um, that is awesome. So this will all be the show notes because that is what we do. Thank you, Amy, again for joining us. Hopefully, we'll meet in person. I'm just in Massachusetts. There's lots and lots of New York events coming on. So, and if you're around here, check us out. So, all right, that's it. Another show for our guest, Amy Dennison, and of course, my Canabro David Jazz, and our Cannamom show team. I want to thank you we taking the time to listen to The Cannon Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is The Canamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.